Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance is no barrier to energy, and that means no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope that something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. There are some people who have always remembered what they thought when they were born. Many have perceptions at birth that are spiritual in nature, like remembering what it was like on the other side. This is called the born aware phenomenon. I had never heard of this before, but intuition expert and author Diane Brandon is here today to explore this topic. Are you ready to meet her? Diane Brandon is an intuition expert. She's researched its inner workings and taught it in classes, private sessions, university, and corporate settings. She also specializes in dream interpretation and dream work and teaches wellness classes on sleep and dreams and stress relief via guided meditation. She's the author of Born Aware, which is what we're going to be talking about on today's show, Dream Interpretation for Beginners, Intuition for Beginners, and Invisible Blueprints, as well as several articles. And she's a contributing author to The Long Way Around, How 34 Women Found the Lives They Love and Speaking Out. To find out more about Diane and her work, visit dianebrandon.com. Um, Diane, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. It is just a delight to be with you again. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you came back. This, thank you. This new book is really fascinating, and it's something that I had not heard of before. So what is the born aware phenomenon? Well, I will try to explain it the best I can, Karen. And what I've been finding is that it's difficult for a lot of people to understand. So basically, and you, you alluded to it, there are people who have always remembered what they thought when they were born, and their thoughts and perceptions were spiritual. And when I say always remembered, those of us with these memories did not need to be regressed or go through any other modality to recover those memories. And a lot of people have trouble really grasping this. And and I'll just add a little more. We are obviously souls. We're here in a physical form while we're here on this planet, but we are souls first. And so on the other side, before we come here, we have a consciousness. We have an awareness, which I call the higher soul awareness, which is vastly different from the type of consciousness we have when we're in a human body. Those of us who are born aware are still in what I call our higher soul awareness when we are born. And then, and then we have to kind of, you know, adjust and get into the human side, but we never lose that higher soul awareness. So we're hybrids. So does that help to explain what this phenomenon is? It does. It, it kind of makes me wonder, is it a mistake then? Because most <laughs> of us don't remember. So is it 
like, is there a glitch and that's why that happens? Or is there a purpose? I personally feel that it's the latter, Karen. I feel that there's purpose to this. My sense is that those of us born aware were allowed to be this way because of what it can teach and show others. And I have to add that based on some of the some of the information that I've read, there are people who are born aware but may not be spiritually aware. I personally feel that it really depends upon what the soul experiences before it really comes into the, the, the human or the body, I should say the body. And if there is pain, there's, there's one person in my book who experienced tremendous pain during the, the labor and delivery, you know, with forceps. And he feels that he was not spiritually aware then, but he remembers so for those of us who are born aware, we didn't go through pain that really crowded out the spiritual awareness. And I, I really feel that probably most souls, um, unless there was pain, are probably aware at birth, but then amnesia sets in. So I, I feel like it's it's a fairly complex phenomenon, but my strong feeling is that those of us born aware, at least the people I interviewed for the book, have been allowed to be this way because, because of what we are to do and what it can show others. And is it that... It, mm, so here, okay, so I have, a, I have a son. I formed my family through adoption. My mm -hmm. youngest son had a very traumatic experience around his birth, his coming mm -hmm. into the world. Mm -hmm. He does not remember it. He can't tell me about it in detail, doesn't remember mm -hmm. it the way that people that you interviewed for the book would remember it. Mm -hmm. But he holds in his energy pattern and then the way, he's, the way he develops and his kind of psychological makeup, he holds some of the information and I believe in that way holds the memories of what happened to him. Mm -hmm. is what you're talking about, though, being able to know and never lose that, never have the amnesia, to be born aware, keep that knowing all the way right through, remember the whole thing all the time. Yes, we, we never lose this. We are, the best way I can put this, Karen, is I feel that we are imprinted. It's like going to another country or even another planet that is completely foreign. And, and when you get there, some people may experience amnesia, but those of us born aware never lose the consciousness we had on, on, on Earth and who we are. On the other planet, though, we have to adapt. We have to learn that other language. We have to learn you know, the type of consciousness there. That's the best analogy that I can come up with. But, but those of us who are <laughs> afflicted this way never forget. And, and we, throughout our lives here, feel that we are strangers in a strange land. Some of us feel that we're exiled. Um, I have always missed being on the other side. As you know, being human and being here is not always a thrill. <laughs> I'm 
I'm hearing how personal this is to you. And so maybe this is a good time to ask you what brought your awareness to this topic, because I'm getting the feeling that you were born aware. Yes, I must confess. I, I was born aware, Karen. I, I didn't know that this was unusual. You know, it was my norm. I, I guess I, I assumed that it was other people's norms. I didn't talk about it. And even though I've been doing my spiritual work, my intuitive work since, 1992, it just kind of never came up. And then in 2014, within a few months of each other, two different people spontaneously shared their memories with me. They both had pre-birth memories. And when the first person did, I thought, oh, well, that makes two of us. Isn't that interesting? And then when the second person did, I thought, okay, I'm being given a message. You know, I need to do something with this. I need to write about it. And that launched all the work done on on the book. And a lot of that was just even finding people who had these memories so that I could interview them. But that's how, how it came about. I, I know when I am being told to do something. <laughs> I comply. <laughs> I also know when I'm being told to do something, I'm just a little more, I don't always comply right away. Um, <laughs> and that can have interesting consequences. I don't know, yes, if, you, it can, can I don't know it. if you feel the same way, but mm, so well, I'm old enough that uh, <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> so how did you go about finding other people? If this is something that maybe I've never heard this discussed before, how did you open this up and get information. You did quite a bit of research. There's a, there's a method to this, to the book. Um, how did you find the people? Well, I, I, I stumbled, Karen. At first, I, I asked around, and my assumption was, well, must be other spiritual people, must be other people who are spiritual practitioners. And so I contacted, because I live, where I live is the Research Triangle in North Carolina. It's a hotbed for metaphysics. So I asked around and I was shocked that it was it was like pulling teeth. And so I just continued asking, but the interesting thing is that five people I have known for years have these memories, but we didn't know that each other did. And some people in the book never knew anybody else, so they felt quite isolated. So I feel fortunate that that it was arranged that that I would know other people who had these memories, you know, even though we didn't discuss it. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's kind of another form of, uh, or another basis for kindredship. And then when I started interviewing people, all I was thinking of was interviewing people. But I was absolutely on cloud nine with the information that people were sharing, and I started to see similarities and, and different people having different pieces of the puzzle and, and the spiritual lessons. And so the book really took shape as I was, <laughs> as I was interviewing people. It was not outlined in advance. It was an organic process. In one of the appendices of the book, you share the questions that you asked people. Um, because And there, like I say, there is a method to the book. So you asked people almost exactly the same questions and got their answers. How did you come up with those questions? How did you know what to ask? Were you drawing from your own experience and checking to see if they'd had those experiences too? 
that was a lot of it, Karen. And and it was really, from my point of view, how being spiritual from as far back as I can remember, even to the other side, how could you not be spiritual on the other side, just informed the type of questions that I would ask, though there were some that I added later on after doing a few interviews, things that came to me, such as um, the question, have you ever experienced feeling one thing on one level and a, a different thing, even a conflicting thing on another level? Because I came to realize as I was interviewing some people that that was really kind of a symptom or a highlight of, of having this split awareness between the higher soul awareness and the human side. So um, most of the questions I formed in advance based upon what I felt other people might have experienced. And a lot of that was exploratory, too. Hmm, I wonder if people have experienced this or that. Um, so that's how that came about. And as you compiled this, as you as you put this all together, did you find that people were open to this idea? I know that there's a, there's I don't know if it's an old wives' tale or if it has something to do with actual science, that children don't remember anything, that when you're born you're a blank slate, and that as the brain develops, that's what gives you the ability to create memories, and that's why you might not have any memories until you're a year old or two years old. As you put this together, was there some resistance to these ideas? Well, not from the people I was interviewing. Right. <laughs> but as I would mention, the the book project of some people, I, you know, some people just looked at me like I had two heads. And yes, a lot of that information that you just cited about babies being blank slates comes from scientific research. But some people looked at me like, well, you know, well, a baby is just born. How can a baby think? And, and Or even baby doesn't know language. But again, our soul existed. Our soul was not created at conception or at birth. Our soul already existed on the other side as a soul. So from that point of view, and this goes back to the scientific discussion and, and, and I guess you could call it a, you know, some arguing about whether consciousness exists separate from the brain or whether it's solely a product of the brain. I mean, those of us who are born aware know that consciousness is not solely a product of the brain. And I think most spiritual people <laughs> know that as well. So um, it's very interesting because I've actually been challenged, Karen, to figure some of this out myself, even after the book was written and it was, you know, in the process of being published, such as, okay, you know, what are different factors? How could somebody be born aware? And I thought, okay, well, of course, the soul already existed. And then it depends upon when the soul comes into the body. You know, some souls will spend some time in the womb. You know, during during pregnancy, they may dip in and out. Some souls will spend longer periods of time. Some souls come into the body and experience the labor and the delivery. And some souls don't come in until after the actual birth. I didn't come in until after the birth. I was so resistant 
you know, to having to come here at all. It's like, eh, <laughs> huh. I'll wait. So all of that plays a role, too, in, in what people remember. And, and some souls, some people, if they come in as souls and they're, they're either hanging around the mother or, or the parents or they're spending time in the womb, are actually privy to what both parents are saying and their attitudes towards having that baby. So it's very, very interesting, you know, how all of this plays together. Um, I, I, think, I think it's very important for people to realize that our soul's consciousness, our soul's aware, awareness, what I call the higher soul awareness, is what I would say the overarching awareness and the type of consciousness we have here as a human is very, very limited. It's very limited. Do you believe, as I, as I know it from my own work, as I feel it from my own work, I believe that when we are to be parents, that we've made an agreement to parent, that there's an agreement between the parents and the child, the soul that's coming in at some level. Is that, do you feel differently, no differently from, from what you're doing? I feel, Karen, that there are levels, and there are levels here and there are levels on the other side. On one level, there, there is an agreement. On another level, all of this is part of the plan for our lives. Um, and, and we are energetically encoded with the plan for our lives before we come here. We may have no awareness of it while we're here because, again, you know, we experience things from a limited perspective while we're here, but on the other side, there's no time, you know. Am I getting a little too complicated? No, it's, I love it. No, keep going. So, on the other side, it's always known what we would do, what we are, what our choices are. And I know this tends to, to push some people's buttons because humans are so big on free will. I have free will. I can do whatever I want. But on, on higher levels, again, there is no time. It's always known what our choices would be. And, and there is a plan for our lives because all the pieces fit together while we're here. And I'll use the example of something that I go into in the, in the book, and that is what I call the greater drama. There is a greater drama going on on this planet, and we all play roles in it. And the purpose of that greater drama is to push humanity forward, even though it seems at times we may be going backwards. <laughs> but we're all playing those roles. So when we come here to this planet, and, and I'm talking about as a human, because of course we live lives, physical embodiment in not just a human form, on this planet, on other places in the universe, other planets, etc. You know, we are coming to play a role, so we put on kind of a costume. You know, we have a certain persona, you know, the human persona, <clears throat> excuse me, that is our character to play, <clears throat> excuse me. And all those pieces fit together. We tend to have an amnesia about it, so we're entirely caught up in this drama 
But when we have the other perspective, you know, the, the higher soul awareness, the spiritual perspective, which is, which is kind of like looking down at the total, you know, we can see it from a very, very different point of view, if that makes sense. It does. And it, I think it, to me, this is tying in with what you said about how when we're here, on earth, we are in that limited consciousness. I've long believed that although we have free will, we can't see very far. And mm-hmm. and sometimes the things that we think we created from our free will, because we're a genius and we have free will, <laughs> there might be a bigger plan. Just, you know, maybe. Um, so I think it's it's that idea about how limited we are here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, and I totally agree. Yeah. that You said something about feeling like when you came in, to the when you came into the body that um that you were very resistant that you didn't want to be here and i know that after after the break i'm going to ask you if it's okay to just really tell your story in detail so that we can mm-hmm. hear what how this born aware phenomenon plays out what attributes it's given you and just how it is for you but when i look at that resistance in coming into the body if mm, if it is part of that greater plan to come into the body, then how can there be the resistance, right? Feel those, feel that there's a yes. pull there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, the way I look at that, Karen, is I was basically told to come in, mm. you know, and, and, and I didn't want to, primarily because the other side is wonderful. You know, I actually have a memory of being with God or spirit or whatever term one wants to use on the other side. And, and, and so, you know, I tend to say, you know, I tend to be very obedient and compliant. And I was told to come in. There was something I was supposed to do. That didn't mean that I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you do it. It's like, okay, that's my, that's my assignment. That's my task. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like the born aware phenomenon is it is it very rare or is it common or do we know? I think we don't really know in an objective manner at this point Karen. My sense though is that it is extremely rare. And couple of people told me that they had heard that there are more babies being born who are born aware, but I don't have any good solid information on that. I do feel, and you know this, Karen, consciousness is shifting. We talk about the paradigm shift. We talk about more people waking up. You know, my sense is that we have been seated for changing our consciousness for several decades now. And my sense is that the born aware phenomenon is just one of the ways in which on this planet consciousness is being seeded. So from that point of view, it would make sense to me that maybe more babies are being, uh, are born who are born aware. A lot of this also has to do with that factor of pain. Because once we experience pain, when we come here, we, we plummet into the human, human side. So if we experience pain again during the delivery, like, like those painful forces, then, then we may not 
be spiritually aware. It, it may just, you know, kind of shatter it for us. Um, so I think, I think thus far, it's probably still a, a, a very rare phenomenon, but I know there are other people out there. <laughs> I know there are. <laughs> well, and in the, in the back of the book, there's that list of questions, the ones that you sent to the people who you interviewed, and listeners can go and, and, and take a look at those questions. And um, maybe we've got about a minute before we go to break. Can you share just a couple of those questions to kind of tantalize the listeners as we ease them into that commercial break? Sure. I would say, you know, think back. What is your earliest memory? And if it does go back to birth up to like seven or ten months, then, then you're likely born aware. Now, there, I have to add, Karen, there's a difference between being born aware and what I call innately spiritually oriented. And those are two kind of cousins. They're, they're similar in some ways, but they're huge differences between the two of them. Um, and, and that's one thing I get asked a lot. Maybe we should take a look at that when we come back from the break, the difference between being spiritually oriented and the difference between being born aware. You are listening to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Diane Brandon. Her new book is Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. You can find out more at dianebrandon.com. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit of Diane's personal story of being born aware and hear maybe more of those questions. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that 7 in 10 girls believe they are not good enough or don't measure up in some way? I'm Amy Poehler. You may know me from film and television, but I'm also involved off-screen, encouraging young girls to be proud of who they are. Body image breakdowns and the pressure to be perfect often causes a girl's self-esteem to plummet. But by being positive role models, we can change that. The number one wish among girls is for their parents to communicate better with them, including more frequent and more open conversations. So get involved and start talking. Begin a conversation with a girl in your life about the importance of self-esteem. Tell her why she is beautiful and set an example by avoiding negative self-talk. You can make a difference in the lives of girls, and that is no laughing matter. This message was brought to you by American Women in Radio and Television and was made possible through the generous support of the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to raise self-esteem in girls everywhere. To learn more, go to CampaignForRealBeauty.com. Thank you for making a difference. The Empower Meditation Channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. I'm Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. 
and that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Katie Couric. I've interviewed world leaders, CEOs, and celebrities, but my most important role has been as a mother. I've worked hard to encourage my two girls to believe in themselves. Girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges. So join me as we empower the next generation. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to help girls reach their full potential. To learn more, go to Dove.com. And now back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com. Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Diane Brandon. Her new book is Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. You can find out more about Diane and her work at dianebrandon.com. And Diane, just as we were going to the break, you had brought up an interesting distinction between being born aware and being innately spiritually oriented. Can you dive into that? I would be happy to, Karen. And my sense is that for most people who, who consider themselves to be spiritual on this planet, who did not wake up to it, are what I call innately spiritually oriented. <clears throat> they've always had this sense that being here felt strange. They've always been drawn to spirituality. The difference between being innately spiritually oriented and being born aware is not just that those of us born aware remember from birth or within a few months afterwards. It's also It also has to do with memories of the other side and with the higher soul awareness. So those who are innately spiritually oriented tend to be more into their human side, knowing that something doesn't feel right. Whereas those of us born aware are, have what I call the split awareness. We're hybrids. We tend to remember being on the other side. We're still in that same type of consciousness. We, basically, we know where we came from. Right. <laughs> and we, that is our orientation. That is our perspective is as souls on the other side. So those innately spiritually oriented are kind of in the middle. It's like they have a veil over their memories. They tend to be more in, in the human side, just knowing that it all feels, feels off or different. And then, of course, you have people you know, who are firmly planted in the human side with, with no interest in the spirituality. And I'm drawing these as like lines of demarcation or categories, you know, but, but we could say that it all exists on a spectrum. When you, are you comfortable sharing your story? I'd love to know what you remember as much as you want to share. Sure, though. I mean, I feel that other people's stories in the book are more interesting than mine, <laughs> but I'll be happy to. Basically... I remember when I was born thinking, 
<sighs> you know, I don't want to be here again. I remember being with God on the other side. I have always remembered that. And I knew while I was here that I wouldn't have that feeling that I was still with God. I would feel separation. And I have to add that the connection has always been there. But, I, but at the same time, I feel separate because I'm not literally with God, so to speak. <clears throat> I also knew that when I was not here, when I was on the other side, I had access to absolute knowledge. And I knew that while I was here, I didn't have that, and that aggravated me. But I knew that I had to be here because there was something I was supposed to do. And at that point, I thought it had to do with performing. You know, So um, in my life, I pursued acting and singing, and my spiritual work, the intuitive work, really emerged later on. Of course, I know that this is my real, my real work. So... That was what I thought when I was born, and I had almost forgotten until I was working on the book that for the first two or three years of my life, I really felt that I wasn't living my life here. I felt that I'd already lived it, and I was sitting in a room watching it being projected on a, on a screen. And as I was writing the book, I thought, oh, I know why I was experiencing that. That was just my way of trying to pretend I wasn't here. <laughs> So those are those are kind of my my memories. Um, but again, you know, I think some other people's experiences and memories, you know, are, are really fascinating. Um, is a this is a question that came up as I read the other experiences in the in the book, and so I want to ask you because you just shared yours. Mm-hmm. Reading through them, the the really skeptical part of me thinks these would be nice things to imagine that I could remember that I was, there's a woman in the story who talks about being an angel before she came in. Mm-hmm. There's the, all the things it would be. Oh, that sounds so nice. How, and it as I hear you say it, Diane, what I get kind of intuitively from listening to you is that you just know mm-hmm. that yes, it is nice or in your case, cranky, right? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Very but, cranky. <laughs> but that, you know, it's different from something that you might daydream about what it was like before. There's a knowing here. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful question, Karen. Um, I, I've been asked that question before. This is different in the sense that we have never forgotten. So this is not captured after the fact, you know, through daydreaming or, you know, being in a reverie or, or something like that. We are like marked at birth with this because we come in with a very, what I say, a very clear and mature awareness. We have a very clear knowing and memory. It's like if you went to Mars, for example, when you got there, you knew where you came from. Well, not talking spiritually, but, you know, that you'd gone there from from this planet. And we never forget this. So... It's not the same as, you know, going through life and thinking back and starting to imagine things. We never forget 
where we came from on the other side, if we have the pre-birth memories and, and what we thought at birth. So it's, it's, I can't explain it any better than that. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it's, it, another thing that's fascinating me in what you shared is you said that when you came in that you felt that you knew you were here to do something and you felt that it you were pursuing the acting and the singing, feeling that that was it. it it's nice to know that even coming in born aware, you have that natural evolution, that, that things, um, the wheels turn and your path changes. And that as for a lot of the rest of us, what we thought we were here to do turns out, it turns out to be something else altogether. So it's cool that the born aware phenomenon to me doesn't seem, doesn't seem like it means I came in knowing everything. I still know everything. I'm all set. That's not at all. Absolutely. Absolutely, Karen. And that's an important point because those of us born aware have some memories. We don't have all the memories. And when we come here, it doesn't matter whether you're born aware, whether you're innately spiritually oriented, doesn't matter. You come here, you get into a human body, and you're going to have growth. You know, because that's one of the reasons I feel that we're here is for growing and unfolding and for the roles that we play for others. So even though some of us are born aware, we are led to whatever we're supposed to do. And all of that is part of our own process. If you come here, you get soul growth, born aware or not. <laughs> you get soul and boy, growth. have I gone so through some growth experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I am right there with you. You get soul growth whether you want it or not. You can... <laughs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> Beg for it to stop, and yet it still comes, the soul growth, so much please, soul growth. <laughs> so as you, I noticed in your story that you talked about an awareness of a guide with you. Is that right, that there was a guide with you who was also an ancestor? No. Oh, it's not you. I'm so sorry. No, no, that's okay. That was Heather, who, oh. who remembers being an angel on the other side. She had that memory. My connection is with God. I, I, I hate to say this, it sounds awful, but I haven't really been interested in guides mm-hmm. because, you know, God is my connection. And that's a diff- there's differences in these stories then, aren't there? Because your connection mm-hmm. is with God and Heather felt the guide and there are, I read accounts from people who remembered that process of being born, what it was mm-hmm. like inside the womb and what it was like outside. There are some real differences in the, in the stories, aren't there? There really are, and that's what fascinated me because, again, as I was interviewing people, bing, 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 one of the major realizations was, oh, we all have different pieces of the puzzle. There's incredible variability, but at the same time, there are so many characteristics in common. What are some of the things that, what are some of the common threads that run through the research that you did and the, and the people you interviewed? Well, I would say, first of all, is obviously the innate spiritual awareness that we never lose, what I call our split awareness, that we're split between our higher soul awareness and and the human. Um, We've always had an innate sense of, of spiritual agency in our lives and protection so that we know even if we're going through something that's really difficult, yes, our fears can be activated, but we also know that will be okay. We also tend to remember the interconnection that we had on the other side, that everything and everyone is connected. We 
have retained what I call this this sense of, of being pure and innocent. Not that we think we are. It's just there in us. Um, we, we tend to be very sensitive and compassionate. We need to learn boundaries. We have an innate love of animals and nature because we either remember or we sense that divine energy runs through everything and everyone, and again, everyone and everything is connected. We tend to be, we tend to have humility, I would say. Um, we tend to be, with the innocence, we tend to be, you know, we have to go through lessons where we're, where we're hurt. Um, at the same time, we have a lot of inner resources and resilience we tend to be very less prone to conflict with others. We tend to have a preference for meaningful conversations. We find like superficial chip chat to be kind of boring. <laughs> we also have a tendency to be whole brain. You know, we have, um, we, we tend to have our, you know, our left brain logic, you know, and, and deduction. And then we have our right brain. A lot of us, you know, have some sense of, uh, of creativity, you know, whether it's, it's artistic creativity or, or, or creative thinking. We all tend to feel that we came in to do something even if we don't know what it is. So a lot of us feel that we're here on assignment. We tend also to have a very, very strong, innate sense of ethics and what is right and, and what is wrong, and, and we just can't betray that. Mm. You know, so those are, those are some of the hallmarks of the attributes in common among us. I noticed that in a few of the case studies in the book that people who came in born aware were then brought into situations where there was abuse Mm-hmm. in the family is there from what you've seen is there a connection between be is it like we come in born aware and that is a tool maybe to help us understand what we're happening is there a connect is there a connection there you know i'm not convinced that there is karen because unfortunately on this planet so many children are abused I look at it more as what we are to experience in that lifetime. And so born aware or not, you know, some have an easier childhood and, and, and some go through abuse. Um, you know, I, I personally think it's awful when any child is abused. I don't care, born aware or not. I just, that's one thing that pushes my buttons, that you have people who are kind of the the abusers, and then you have the people who are, you know, the innocent victims. Um, if anything, I think those of us born aware will always identify with the victims mm-hmm. <laughs> and not with those, you know, doing the abusive acts. But we find, you know, variations, as you mentioned, among those in the book as to whether they went through abuse or not. And again, I feel like it's just according to what we are to experience in that lifetime. Do you feel that at the time that we are getting ready to come in to take another incarnation, do you feel that we get to 
choose the situations? Or again, is that part, I know it's part of the bigger plan, but is there, I remember one of the stories where the woman was saying that she knew that if she got there and she didn't like it, she could step out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally feel that this is probably another question of levels. I don't have a sense of having chosen anything in my life. I, I remember that it was all, you know, laid out. Whereas, for example, Teresa in the book, who's also a very close friend of mine, remembers choosing her, her parents. I, I do feel on the higher levels on the other side, you know, it's, it's, it's already chosen and planned. So it's almost as if what piece of this puzzle do we have before we come in, if that makes sense. Well, it does, and it's making me think about how, as you were kind of listing those characteristics, the things that born-aware people have in common, it's kind of like, it feels to me like, coming in knowing things that are already true, but that most of us have to find out in a different way, that we are protected, that there is a higher consciousness, that our needs will be met, that, right, these are things that a lot of the rest of us are are, are stumbling over. And it sounds like when you're born aware, you come in kind of with that information preloaded. Yes, we do. However, Karen, that doesn't mean that we get to avoid painful things. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's when the split awareness can really come in when you're going through a painful experience and your human side is just caught up in that pain, but then your higher soul awareness knows, you know, this is temporary, you know, you're going to make it through. Um, so, yeah, if we do not escape, you know, some of the less pleasant aspects of, of being on this planet, um, even, even with the awareness that we have. Well, and that, that split awareness or that knowing there's somewhere else that I could be or I, I have that connection elsewhere, I can imagine if things got really painful might lead someone who was born aware to have more emotional or mental challenges and maybe even think about stepping out of life early mm-hmm. because of that. How I can imagine how painful that might be. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, a couple of people in the book as, ch- as children, when they were a child, contemplated suicide. You know, and, and being born aware has advantages and disadvantages. I, I would not give up my spiritual awareness, my connection with God for anything. But it also has a downside because we remember how wonderful it was on the other side. It just makes being here more difficult you know, more challenging. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. The higher soul awareness that you spoke of, for I would imagine that most of the listeners are not born aware. But that higher soul awareness that, that you're talking about, we don't need to be born aware to experience that, do we? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Um, it is one of the primary vestiges for those of us who are born aware of, of the other side, because it's the awareness we have as a soul. It transcends the human. We, we, 
we look at things when we're in our higher soul awareness, we look at things from a very different perspective. It's a much, I don't know if you'd say higher perspective of, or zooming out, you know, like the astronauts got the view of the Earth when they were out in space. I feel that we can groom the higher soul awareness, and that is one thing that I go into in, in my book, Born Aware. Uh, that's towards the end of the book. I, I devote, I believe it's a chapter, to what the higher soul awareness is, and then I have recommendations for grooming that awareness, and I have a meditation um, for accessing the higher soul awareness. And I personally feel if more people on this planet could access their higher soul awareness and be in it from time to time, we would start having less problems on this book. But maybe I'm being a Pollyanna. No, well, then maybe I'm a Pollyanna too. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> how, how can we begin to groom that higher soul awareness? Is there something listeners could do after the show today or before they go to bed tonight to begin that process? Well, I would say, first of all, you know, meditation is, is huge. And so I would say, first of all, allow yourself to learn to meditate. And while you're meditating, try to go out in space and look down. Look down at yourself as if you were somebody else. That's a wonderful step. Um, the other, I have a lot of other recommendations, but the other really strong one that I feel can, can really help us is to look into an animal's eyes when the animal is not stressed. And when I say look into an animal's eyes, obviously you don't go up to a wild animal, especially <laughs> one that could potentially be dangerous. And out of the fog radio takes no responsibility for any mauling or any, <laughs> amp- nothing like that. Exactly. But it can even be a photograph of an animal's eyes because when you look, I I remember looking into a manatee's eyes years ago. When you look into an animal's eyes, when the animal is calm, you go to another level when you are fully present and you are looking in the animal's eyes and connecting. You go to that other level. It's very now-centered. It, it transcends the here and now. It transcends, you know, our human side and the human chatter and the worries and all of that. It goes to a level that just is. And as we draw toward the end of the program, I want to give you a chance to tell people how they can get the book, how they can find out more about you and your work. This is the part where you get to say how great you are and how people can connect with you. <laughs> I'm not good at saying how great I am. Oh, but... then I'll say it for you. Diane is great. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. The book should be widely available. It's Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. It's in bookstores. It's online at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And my website, Diane Brandon. Dot com has a lot of information on it. I work with clients one-on-one. I do private consultations. I do spiritual coaching. I teach intuition even in private lessons, one-on-one lessons. And 
you know, I do regression. I do individualized guided meditation. My work is really about helping people unfold and find more fulfillment and, and, and joy in life. And I really work on thinking up people more to what I call their essence, their, their essence on the inside, their essence for this lifetime. And so I use different modalities with people. So I don't work in a, in a one-size-fits-all manner. I don't do a cookie cutter. Um, it depends exactly on where a person is in their process and what I sense would be helpful for them at the time. So different people use me for different things, which is fine. Um, it sounds to me like you have stepped into what you're here to do. Yeah, it took me a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a late bloomer, so um, yes, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, we do come to things when we're supposed to, and it's an organic process. And I think it's easier for people as they get older. Um, I, I would say probably everybody. I know a lot of women, especially when you get into your 40s. And... Um, I know that I am doing the work I am supposed to be doing, and that brings just a, a joy in and of itself and this huge sense of purpose. And my sense of purpose has just skyrocketed since I started working on Born Aware. I'm going to be doing a follow-up book. I've already got a list of some more people to, to interview. Um, I just, I have done um, monthly meditations with two friends who are in the book, We've been doing them for five years, even before I knew they were born aware, too. And we get all this information about, um, you know, where things are headed, where things are on this planet, where things are headed. So I'm feeling huge purpose in my life these days. Diane, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your passion and your sense of purpose and for letting us know about this really cool phenomenon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. It has been wonderful to speak with you. Oh, thank, I feel the same way. So it's mut- <laughs> it's mutual. Thank you, Diane, very much. That is Diane Brandon. Her new book is Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. You can find out uh, more about Diane and her work, her many books, the way she connects with people in all different ways, all different modalities. All that information is at Diane Brandon. And of course, I invite you to connect with me through my website, which is karenhager.com. That's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. If you feel guided to a private intuitive session, all that information is right there on the site as well. And if you feel, as I do, that as these times are changing and as more and more of us become aware of the goodness of coming together and holding an intention for peace in our heart and peace in the world, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. My partner Kathy and I do monthly free guided meditations. Uh, You can call in from wherever you are in the world and we focus on bringing in that sense of peace, bringing us all into that sense of now and connection. That's openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.